cliffcentral.com. So, George, I saw you are busy um, putting out some content about your electric Jag. Very, very yep. nice. Saw that yep, yesterday. I, I don't think I'll ever go back to a uh, fossil fuel or an uh, internal combustion engine vehicle. It's just, it, you know, when you drive this car every day, you, you mm-hmm. feel almost in a meditative state if you switch off all the music and all the, all the sound. Uh, well, it's so it's, quiet, right? It's so quiet. It's, you know, I've been driving them for a while and uh, OEMs are giving them to me for, for a week at a time. And, and it's, you know, you, you, you get so much information coming at you when, you when you get the car for a short period of time. I mean, like you probably experienced in the V-Class, is there's just so much to take in that uh, it almost overwhelms your brain. But when you start to spend every day with the car and oh. you get used to its features, suddenly a lot of things disappear into the background and you can enjoy the thing. Well, I mean, it's like that with any car. And I'll remember, I'll, I'll never forget, rather, the first time that, that I bought um, a, a convertible and it was the most exciting thing in the world. And it lasted for a long time. It lasted longer than I thought it would, like a couple of months where it was still a thrill to put the roof down and that kind of stuff, you know. But eventually that just becomes, it's your car. So it's like a wheelbarrow. You just eventually, you know, you get, you get used to it. It's, it's also the same, I mean, in relationships. A lot of people say that they, you know, are in, deeply in love for the first couple of years. And then later on, you just get used to each other, which is for some people a bit sad, but it's the reality in many relationships. So I think the same happens with a car. And if you're still getting a kick out of it now, that's a really good sign. Well, I mean, uh, up to, up to this vehicle, um, cars were just functional for me. Um, mm. you know, uh, whereas, uh, I'm, I'm hoping the novelty doesn't wear off too quickly, but, uh, it's, it's, it's an incredible car to drive. The instantaneous talk, the, um, the silence, you can, you can choose to, to have noise or music, or you can choose yeah. to have silence. You don't, well, that uh, engine is so quiet. It's so that to me is, is whenever I've been in an electric vehicle, I just love the fact that it just hums, it purrs along. It doesn't make any. There's none of that. I've been driving diesel cars lately, and when you start them, it does feel like a bit of a tractor when when they start up. Well, when when I had my uh, when I had my Land Rover, when I when I got up to a boom gate that I had to talk to the security for, I had to actually switch the car off. <laughs> to shout at them, yeah. <laughs> when you oh, open wow. the window, the engine noise is just too, you know, too much. So, uh, or when you push an intercom out, out your window, have you not? Has, the, mm-hmm. has it ever been no. noisy to turn the car off? Well, I, I had to. Yeah. No, I don't have to do that. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Benefit. All right. So, what's on your agenda for the day? Well, uh, um, there is an interesting phenomenon that I, I didn't see until uh, probably a week or two ago, and that is um, SUVs are killing most other category of car. Um, hmm. SUVs are growing unbelievably all around the world, including South Africa. But the trouble with SUVs is because they're so big and heavy and uh, often not very aerodynamic, they are the biggest um, source of carbon emissions um, out of most car categories. Um, SUVs even trump in terms of the volume in the world, not, not a single SUV. The, all the SUVs put together in the world um, uh, uh, um, emit about 544 megatons of CO2. Wow. So, Whereas the heavy car industry… You're an environmental terrorist. Is that what you're trying to tell us? 
I didn't realize that SUVs are this heavy with carbon dioxide and uh, monoxide. So yeah. it is, um, it even eclipses the aviation industry if you added all of the SUVs together. Really? In terms of carbon emissions. Um, and uh, the aviation industry puts out about 233 megatons of CO2. Uh, and SUVs, SUVs wow. are second in the world to only power plants like power stations. Jesus, that's heavy. That's some very heavy yeah. going. All right, so are you saying to us that we shouldn't be uh, driving these? No, I mean, I, I think it's, uh, uh, it's, it's not are something you're becoming, you can are you Have you become an environmentalist, George? Well, no, I think I've always been. Uh, it's in the back of my mind, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to go, you know, don't make anything a religion. Um, um, but it's important. It's very important. Uh, you know, we have to do something about it, but uh, we can't, yeah, we can't. Just, let's just remember for all those people like you, George, who are feeling superior because you drive an electric car and, oh, wow. and, you think, and you think that you're not damaging the environment. Let's just not forget all of the coal that we require exactly. to burn in order to, in, in order to recharge your batteries. George exactly. did not say he felt superior to us. He was just <laughs> stating his claim. That's all. Exactly. And I'm trying to address that with the solar panels on the, on the roof here. So, uh, so, uh, so no, you can't, I mean, we can't, we can't switch overnight. It's just impossible. If all the coal powered st uh, stations went away, it, uh, it would cause some serious chaos. Industries wouldn't be able to work, but, but SUVs are, I, I just didn't realize. I mean, look at the Kardashians. All they drive is SUVs. Yeah. Well. I mean, I think SUVs are, are, for many people, it's the pinnacle car, right? You, you have this, this interesting kind of overlap between family utility vehicle and, uh, and something that's quite luxurious and that's quite sporty and fun to drive. So I think yeah. for many people, it fulfills a whole lot of their requirements. It does. And it doesn't, it's not going to go away anytime soon, but, uh, yeah. I, um, I would imagine and predict that the world's OEMs are going to focus on the electric SUV. Um, I mean, you already got the Ford, I think it's the F-150 electric uh, pickup truck in America. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh the, and, and South Africa is a very big bucky nation. Um, you know, yeah. buckies are a big thing. Yeah. SUVs as well, but SUVs more so all over the rest of the world. Um, and then Pope Saint Fran the Pope Francis is uh, going to get his first electric Pope mobile. Ah. I thought it always I thought it always was an electric because it looks like a stupid little thing. I thought you could probably power that with a you could I knew you were going to go after its looks. <laughs> you could power that with like three Duracell batteries that you buy at checkers. <laughs> <laughs> Even Duracell is a little too nice. You know those Fong Kong batteries. Oh yeah, the ones that you buy like a hundred in a pack. Those ones <laughs> <laughs> that come with like the cheap toys that you buy for your nieces or nephew. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah, so I'm... sure you can push that thing forward with the amount of glass he's got in that. Uh, in that Actually, I used to think it was a wind-up or what was it called? A pullback? <laughs> oh, one of no, those I things. Yes. <laughs> or it had an actual. Like a thing at the back that you'd twist it up and then the spring would give it enough energy to just, <laughs> just let it go. <laughs> well, remember the naughty car with the big, uh, that twisty thing on the back. Exactly. <laughs> yes. The, I thought the Pope mobile was like that too. So you're telling me it's, it's, it's actually been a, an ice vehicle now. They, they're going electric. <laughs> now they're going I'm surprised. So, uh, you'll have an EV in uh, 2022 and they're busy building this thing now. It's called an ocean oh, SUV. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> 520,000 rand for your wind-up car. Oh, it's so nice. Well done, the Pope.
<laughs> and then uh, um, there has been some research done, uh, you know, in none other than the US of A by uh, a company. Uh, um, what is this company's name? I, I, I can't. I can't recall it now. But um, this uh, this piece of research detects early dementia by monitoring your driving behavior. God, please, um, can we put Joe Biden in that what? car immediately? Please, so they're busy. They're busy tracking 3,000 drivers aged 65 to 79 voluntarily, and they've been the, the cars have been fitted with um, with uh, you know gadgets and uh, and um, uh, sensors and stuff. And uh, um, up to now, um, they are confident that they can predict mild cognitive impairment and dementia with 88 percent accuracy by monitoring driving behavior. Well, uh, that would be very very helpful because I've often thought that. You know, there, there are certain people who are very lucid at, a, at an advanced age. There are people who are in their 90s and are perfectly okay to drive. And then there are other people who are in their 60s and really should not be allowed to drive. And even people, obviously, much younger. But if, if these cars, if this research can, can figure out definitively whether you're in, a, in a, a, a state to drive, I think that's terrific. I mean, they've already... You know, you've got these cars that won't start, and if you blow into the the breathalyzer and you've got even a drop of alcohol in your breath, then it won't allow you to drive. So the the more we can remove dangerous or irresponsible people from the roads, the better, and that in, that goes for the demented as well. I mean, uh, uh, dementia is uh, uh, is a problem, um, you know, and uh, Alzheimer's. Right. And, and, you know, you you can't be operating a, a vehicle no. that speed. Um, with those things. And you certainly can't be president of the United States with your, 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 the nuclear codes in your possession if you're a demented old man as well. So someone has to test out the same research on Joe Biden, please. Can we just do that? Well, I mean, I we, they probably I mean, can because he, he drives, uh, apparently. US presidents are not allowed to drive. He likes driving. Oh, yeah. But there, there was this embarrassing picture of him in some electric vehicle the other day, but it had two steering wheels. So he was sitting at the one steering wheel and the actual driver was at the other one. So it was like a publicity shot. And clearly they won't allow him to drive because he'll, he'll just drive straight off the edge of something or into something. Talking about driving. Didn't he break his leg? Didn't he break his leg like chasing the dog around the yard or something? The guy is, he's really, really old and very fragile. Well, uh, they shouldn't be letting him drive. Maybe they maybe they've put some of those sensors in uh, in Joe Biden's car. Um, talking about driving off the edge, um, in St. Louis, which is in the state of Missouri, mm-hmm. St. Louis, um, St. Louis, yes. And uh, uh, this driver um, drove off the edge of the road, uh, uh, tumbled, hit a tree, yeah. went over end, so the car tumbled over. Um, in an embankment, hit a raw time fence, and then catapulted through the air and through the roof of a house and landed at the foot end of somebody's bed while they were sleeping. Oh, wow. That's a hell of a way to wake up. Oh, that's annoying. That's annoying. Yeah, and just a little. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> no. apparently, a bit of an inconvenience. Cars driving in Houses and uh, sitting in living rooms or going through roofs of is not an uncommon thing. I would be very, very angry if I woke up one morning and there was a car at the end of my bed. Um, not to mention uncomfortable and in this cold weather, 
probably freezing as well. That's not good. Yeah. Exactly. So what happened, exactly. To, what happened to this person? Did they arrest them? Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, nobody died. Um, so this person is very, very lucky. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, post a, I'll post a link so you can see the image of, um, of this guy in the roof of this house. It's like, how do you even get this right? That is so silly. We have such a long way to go for this. <laughs> Only happens in America. I'm surprised it's actually not Florida or something this time around. You love Florida, Sia. And then finally, uh, um, car jamming theft. Be careful. Check, check out what your insurance policy says because sometimes you may not get paid out if your car gets car jammed. Um, because often, uh, insurance, if you, if, if, uh, uh and, and I'm not talking about your car getting stolen. I'm talking about things being stolen from inside your car. Because if you leave the car open and mm -hmm. something gets stolen, uh, insurance may just not pay out. And, uh, uh, and, and while you might not think that it's, uh, it's right or it's uh, appropriate, um, uh, it is, it is your responsibility to make sure your car is locked. So if it gets jammed and stuff gets stolen out, your insurance may not pay you out for the stuff that was stolen. Ugh. It's frustrating that we have to think about this. And there's just, you, one always has this sense of paranoia every time you now get out of your car. Well, just, uh, uh when you push the, when you don't, don't walk away from the car and push the button and expect it to be locked. Um, you know, make sure the car is locked and, uh, before you walk away from it, ch check the door. You know, I think, I think as South Africans, we've got this habit of we get out the car, we slam the door on the way, uh, uh, walking out of the car, we push the button, we watch the indicators go and we ex expect the car to be locked mm -hmm. and it might not be locked because they could have jammed it. So you're not saying that insurance companies pick this up and they deem it what something like neglig negligence and then they don't pay out. Well, what the insurance companies do often is they look for evidence of break-in. They look so so if you say that something got stolen out of the car and you want to put in a claim, they're going to look for the evidence of the car actually being broken into. And in the case mm -hmm. of car jamming, that there's no evidence of the car being broken into. So uh, so you could be at risk. I'm not saying all insurance contracts are like this, but uh, you could be at risk. Check out what your check out your insurance company's um, uh, policy. And, uh, and make sure that uh, you lock your car. Check the door before you walk away from it. Hmm. It's crazy that we now have to factor this in. Exactly. And I think we've lost Gareth and I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and you're done just like that. That's no, fine. It seems like we've lost Gareth out of a connection thing. But George, thank you so much. It's good at least that we have you back this week and you did yourself uh -huh. justice. We weren't thank going you. to... You didn't, didn't do too bad, too bad a job, Sia. You didn't do too bad a mm. job. Mm. George, no. <laughs> <laughs> but let's call it a day there, not just a day. Let's call it a week. Thank you so much for having us on this morning. This has been the Friday edition of the Gareth Cliff Show. George, we'll chat to you next week. But as always, there's Auto Central. You can uh, go onto our website or the app and catch up on full episodes of Auto Central whenever you wish. So you don't just have to wait for Friday to listen to George. Cliff Central. Dot com.